0: The following episode of the 9pm Edict contains strong language, adult themes and some really stupid people.
1: Tuesday, the 4th of August, 2020. In this episode, we learn the science of the virus.
0: Its job is actually to help keep us clean, to help free us from... The things that are that are taking place in our body. So if we're looking at things like
1: 5G, yeah, we'll get to 5G. Uh, a Melbourne woman reaches the limits of her endurance.
0: Well, you get sick of walking the same streets.
1: I, you know, I've done I've done all of Brighton. And we hear reasons to doubt the ability of public servants to stay informed. I'm sorry, chair, I don't know what robo debt means. This is the 9 p.m. economically rational sovereign cognition effect.
2: Is there anyone around the president who, you know, shakes their head when they hear him rambling in the Rose Garden like this? Uh, No, Anderson. We are down to Kool-Aid drinkers and next of kin uh, here at the Trump White House. There are no more adults who will level with the president and tell him he can't uh, deliver a uh, rally-like rant in the Rose Garden as he did earlier this evening.
3: FOX 13 has learned a man who was in line to get tested for COVID-19 in North Ogden yesterday passed away before he could even get that test.
1: FOX 13's Adam Herbetz joins us with what's led up to this story. It is a story you will only see here. Well, we don't know how long this man was waiting to get tested. According to Mountain, he was in a medical van with a caregiver as he waited. And now one member of the Board of Trustees is asking people to please not jump to conclusions. I
4: said to the doctor, it was Dr. Ronnie Jackson, I said, is there some kind of a test? an acuity test. And he said there actually is, and he named it, whatever it might be. And it was 30 or 35 questions. The first questions are very easy. The last questions are much more difficult, Uh, like a memory question. It's uh, like you'll go person, woman, man, camera, TV. So they say, could you repeat that? So I said, yeah. So it's person, woman, man, camera, TV. Okay, that's very good. If you get it in order, you get extra points. If you, Okay, now he's asking you other questions, other questions, and then 10 minutes, 15, 20 minutes later, they say, remember the first question? Not the first, but the 10th question? Give us that again. Can you do that again? And you go, person, woman, man, camera, TV. If you get it in order, you get extra points. They said, nobody gets it in order. It's actually not that easy, but for me it was easy. And that's not an easy question. In other words, they ask it to you, they give you five names, and you have to repeat them, and that's okay. If you repeat them out of order, it's okay, but, but, you know, it's not as good. But then when you go back about 20, 25 minutes later, and they say, go back to that question, they don't tell you this, go back to that question.
1: Go back to that question, which I will, but not in 20 or 25 minutes, but in five minutes, just like the test. In fact, I will be back to the question somewhat before that. I'm just going to credit those opening sequences. That was Anderson Cooper and Jim Acosta on CNN on the 14th of July. Fox 13 in Salt Lake City with their sad story from the 13th of July. Uh, And Trump, of course, interviewed on Fox News about his health, including his mental health, including the cognitive test, whatever it's called. Well, it's called the Montreal Cognitive Assessment, M-O-C-A. Mocker, I suppose. It's not 30, 35 questions. It's maybe 20. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, uh, it's tough. You have to draw a clock showing the time 10 past 11, although digital age folks may not be able to do that. Uh, you have to look at three pictures of animals and name them. They are a lion, a rhinoceros, and a camel. Uh, yes, there's the memory test, uh, which is uh, Trump said, you're given five words and have to repeat them immediately and, and also repeat them again five minutes later. Uh, you have to do the same with a set of five digits. You then have to uh, take a set of three digits and repeat them back in reverse order. So try it for yourself. Here are three digits. Seven, four, two. Try it now. Just... Do that backwards. 742 is... Point for you. Uh, You then have a sequence of letters read to you and you have to tap your hand for each letter A. So it goes F, B, A, C, M, N, A, A, J. You get the idea. Uh, You have to... Start at the number 93 and subtract backwards. So 93 minus 7 is, and then that minus 7 is, and so on. Uh, uh, You know, there's a whole bunch of, like, difficult things like that. Uh, And Trump has, in various interviews, said the last five questions are really hard. Well, there's six last questions, and they are, what is the date? What is the month? What is the year? What is the day? Where are you now? And in which city is that? It's a tough test, a very tough test. Of course, the toughest test of all, for Trump at least, is the COVID-19 test and The testing itself is the problem, as Trump himself explained on the 23rd of July. It makes
4: us look bad, but they say it's good. I don't mind looking bad if it's a good thing. But think of it. If instead of 50 million, we did 25 million, we'd have half the number of cases. The cases would be down. Here would be the normally headline. Not for me, it wouldn't be. But for anybody else, they'd say cases cut in half, Okay, But they wouldn't report it that way.
1: Uh, That's a great problem for Mr. Trump, isn't it? He's... He's just simply not appreciated, and that's uh, a theme that's been running through the American news for the past couple of weeks. Uh, And on that point, we should note the passing of John Lewis, John Robert Lewis, the famous American politician and civil rights leader, uh, considered to be one of the big six leaders of those groups who organised the March on Washington in 1963. Uh, And then in 1965, he led people across the Selma to Montgomery. Well, that that was the march over the Edmund Pettus Bridge, which became known as Bloody Sunday when he, uh, among many others, were attacked by state troopers and police uh, and uh, jailed. Uh, Lewis was famous also for saying that, yes, he caused trouble But it was good trouble, and sometimes you have to cause good trouble. Trump was asked about this uh, uh, by Jonathan Swan on Axios, the American uh, news outlet, only uh, this week. Uh, Trump wasn't really happy about that.
5: John Lewis is lying in state in the US Capitol. How do you think history will remember John Lewis?
4: I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know John Lewis. Uh, he chose not to come to my uh, uh, inauguration. Uh, he chose, uh, I, I don't, uh, I never met John Lewis, actually. I don't believe. Do you find him impressive? Uh, I can't say one way or the other. I find a lot of people impressive. I find many people not impressive, but no. But I didn't Do go. you find his story he impressive? Come, he didn't come to my inauguration. He didn't come to my State of the Union speeches. And that's okay. That's his right. And. Again, nobody has done more right. but, for but back black to the, Americans than I have. I understand. He should have come. But I think to, he made a big mistake. But, but, ta- but taking come.
5: your relationship with him out of it, do you find his story impressive, what he's done for this country?
4: Uh, he was a person that devoted a lot of energy and a lot of heart to civil rights, but there were many others also.
1: Yeah. The whole interview is remarkable. Watch it particularly when the uh, graphs and charts come out. Uh, more on Trump in a bit, because it's inevitable. More on COVID-19 very shortly. Uh, but to add to the mix, it's August. And bushfire season has started in six local government areas across New South Wales due to the local conditions. Armidale Regional, Walker, Urala, Innes 7, Inverell, and Tenterfield – the uh, Rural Fire Service in New South Wales has, has reminded people to um, to start checking out your bushfire emergency plans. In August, used to be November. As a kid, I think it might have even once started in December, but I'm not sure about that. But certainly, November was the thing. It's now starting two months earlier. Hurrah, hello. I'm Stilgerian. Welcome to the Edict.
2: As we all work together to get through these strange and trying times, one issue has become a sticking point. Wearing a mask. For some, wearing a mask isn't a big deal. Some say it's actually a small deal. A temporary inconvenience, similar to sitting on your sofa and the cushion is comfortable but not perfect. For others, wearing a mask is a much more serious issue. The following are actual medical reasons you may not be able to wear a face mask. A severe skin condition, such as a severe burn, a severe lung disease, or you're under two years old, in which case, please give mummy her phone back. But what if none of those actual conditions apply to you? What if you maybe can't wear a mask because you suffer from one of the following conditions? scienceitis, acute wussness, selfish syndrome, chronic dickishness, pathological ignorance, or severe moronness. Don't worry. Now there's a solution. If you suffer from one of those conditions and don't want to wear a mask, just stay home. Seriously, don't go out. Stay the hell away from me. Let the rest of us just get on with it. Uh, That bloke is
1: uh, at BrittleStar on Twitter. Or just Brittlestar, as you know, I think the the at is not pronounced. So brittle star on Twitter. Stuart Reynolds from Stratford, Ontario, in the Canadia. With a very good message, I think. And uh, look, let's talk about masks for a bit. Because for me, it's day 140 of the quarantines. Uh, that's 20 weeks, depending on how you start it. But of course, that's, that's the date for me. And I'm wondering whether I should start counting it in months, right? That's over four and a half months now. Maybe I should do it when it hits six months. Maybe just in—I don't know. It's—it's it's quite upsetting, as is the news uh, in Australia this week. Sure, where I am in New South Wales, there's been a, a bit of a rise in cases uh, through a, a, a pub in. The, the southern parts of Sydney called the Crossroads Hotel and and various places, uh, you'll know a lot from the news. But really it's Victoria, and especially in Melbourne, things are hitting hard. And, of course, uh, this week they've gone into what they're, they're calling Level 4 restrictions, which includes a curfew from 8pm to 5am in Melbourne. Uh, it includes really quite solid restrictions on who's allowed out uh, and when uh, and masks are now compulsory uh, when outside Uh, they're also being strongly recommended in New South Wales for things like public transport and and shopping and so on and pushing back on this there continues to be this idea that uh, masks are somehow an invasion of your freedom or in fact a part of the problem, and here's a little grab from one of the the higher profile QAnon conspiracy theorists in the U.S. To Anna Lorraine, she is not only unhappy with the masks, she's unhappy with the whole on again, off again nature of the lockdowns in in her part of the world.
6: Like, when is this going to end? You know, it just it feels like torture, and it feels like every time they they kind of give us a little crumb. They're about to open things up a little bit or it seems like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Boom. They shut it all back down again and give even more restrictions on top of that. I don't and I really don't know any other explanation for it, but it is torture. And I then they know it. And the mask is a form of tor- physical torture because we're you know, we literally can't breathe if it's put put all the way up to our nose and we can't get any fresh air all day long. So, yeah, they don't want us to be happy. Um, And then the loss of friends and family. I still haven't seen my family since Christmas. They still won't see me. And it's hard because I love my family and I want to see my parents. I want to see my brothers and everything, but they won't see me. And these are intelligent individuals too, but they even still have bought into this.
1: Mm. They are intelligent if they're not seeing you, if you're not wearing a mask. But like even Donald Trump has changed his tune again uh, this week. The Trump campaign sent out an email with the subject line, Patriots wear face masks. And uh, it says that uh, Trump is writing not to ask for a contribution for a change, but to ask for help. Talking about how we're all in this together Uh, and says, "I I love this. While I know there has been some confusion surrounding the usage of face masks, I think it's something we should all try to do when we are not able to be socially distanced from others. I don't love wearing them either. Masks may be good, they may just be okay, or they may be great. They can possibly help us get back to our American way of life that so many of us rightfully cherished before we were so terribly impacted by the what does he call it? The China virus. My feeling is we have nothing to lose. Yes, yes. And he says that uh, many of you wearing a mask is a patriotic act, and there's no one more patriotic than me and you. Why not give it a shot? Personally, I preferred the wording of his tweet that uh, had the photo of him wearing a mask. That's the one you can see on the podcast webpage. The tweet read... There is nobody more patriotic than me, your favourite president. Actually, I I lied about Trump changing his tune, didn't I? Uh, or at least his official spokes droid uh, changing his tune on his behalf. Thank
6: you. Yesterday the president tweeted out an image of himself
3: wearing a mask. He said that wearing a mask is an act of patriotism. No one is more patriotic than him. Then just hours later, he was spotted at the Trump Hotel not wearing a mask. Why did it take him so long, first of all, to be seen wearing a mask in public? And why the mixed messaging? on this critical health issue that his own top health officials have said is critical to fighting this pandemic? The president's always been consistent on this, that masks, according to the CDC, are recommended but not required. He has said that he would wear one in the case he couldn't appropriately socially distance. Um, And he wore one and put up the picture on Twitter, as you saw. Does he think that it's important to lead by example on this issue? Well, the president has led. He's been consistent, even going back to March 31st, um, when he said, then my feeling is if people want to do it, there's certainly no harm to it. He hasn't done it, Kelly. He hasn't worn a mask. The and so it's sending, is it not mixed signals? The, the president wore a mask in May. The president wore a mask at Walter Reed out of an abundance of caution. But as I've made clear from this podium, the president is the most tested man in America. Um, he's tested more than anyone multiple times a day. Um, and we believe that he's acting appropriately.
1: That's Kaylee McEnany, who's, uh, yes, the current spokes droid. But hang on. Tested multiple times a day. Trump was asked that later the same day, and he said this. Three
4: days, three days, and I don't know of any time I've taken two tests in one day, but I could see
1: that. <laughs> someone, someone didn't have the briefing notes, did they? And that's probably fair because uh, Kayleigh McEnany basically just here's a question, flicks through a huge loose-leaf binder with with tabs with all of the topic headings. Um, Have a a look at this photo. It's by Jonathan Ernst. Look, I'm holding it up now. Can you see it? Big folder, and it's got all of these topic tabs, such as Russia, Hatch, Hate, China, CDC, Ballot, Goya, which you'll remember was some strange... Uh, processed food thing, LGBT, golf, absurd, BLM, health, Hogan, uh, schedule, look, schools, there's a whole... It's great. Um, You don't need a press conference. They could just send out all the talking points. Save everyone a lot of bother. Uh, But apart from uh, not managing to... uh, keep track of his own um, talking points. And apart from having enormous sooks that he's not popular, uh, he's also spreading information, is Mr T. Uh, Here's a report from NBC News last Thursday. I'm going to play the whole thing. It's only about two minutes, but I think it's uh, an excellent summary. With cases
3: of coronavirus surging across the country, President Trump aimed to downplay the threat on Tuesday.
4: You can look at large portions of our country, it's... uh, It's corona-free.
3: It comes as the president is under new scrutiny for retweeting a video which shows a group of doctors in lab coats falsely claiming there's a cure for COVID-19.
4: They're very respected doctors.
3: And the clip shows a Houston doctor who's peddled conspiracy theories and claimed that demon spirits cause some medical problems, promoting the controversial anti-malarial drug hydroxychloroquine as part of an alleged cure for the virus.
4: She said that she's had tremendous success with hundreds OF DIFFERENT PATIENTS. And I thought her voice was an important voice, but I know nothing about her.
3: Twitter, Facebook and YouTube took the video down and Twitter temporarily suspended the account of the president's son for sharing it.
1: When I posted that video, I didn't say, well, this is the gospel. I said, wow, this is a must watch because it seems very contrary to the narrative that they've been force feeding us for a little while. For
3: his part, the president doubling down on his support for hydroxychloroquine, noting he took it as a preventive measure.
4: It's safe. It doesn't cause problems. I had no problem. I had absolutely no problem.
3: The FDA has warned against using hydroxychloroquine for coronavirus patients outside of hospitals due to the risk of potential heart problems. And even Dr. Anthony Fauci has said studies show the drug is ineffective at treating COVID. Meanwhile, during that briefing, the president weighed in on Dr. Fauci's popularity compared to his.
4: And he's got this high approval rating. So why don't I have a high approval rating with respect and the administration with respect to the virus? Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks are also highly thought of, and yet they're highly thought of, but nobody likes me. It can
1: only be my personality, that's all.
3: The president later ending the briefing abruptly,
1: walking out amid tough questions. Still, I'm sure it's all going to be okay because... A Marine assigned to Trump's helicopter squadron has tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, so that's great. That was on the 23rd of July as well. Uh, but still, I'm sure it's okay because according to a study by the Centers for Diseases Control, the actual COVID-19 case count in the US could be anywhere from six times to 24 times higher than than official estimates. I won't go into the details of all these serological tests. There's a link in the podcast website, you know that. But the data reflects what the CDC director, Robert Redfield, recently said, that true case numbers are 10 times higher than confirmed diagnoses. Still, I'm sure it's okay because of the American health system, right? According to Rhys Blakely, who's science correspondent for The Times in London... A 70-year-old man in Seattle sur- survived the coronavirus, got applauded by staff when he left the hospital after 62 days and then got hit with a medical bill that went for 181 pages and a total of $1.1 million. I bet he was uh, really happy with the applause. Meanwhile, back in uh, Australia, huh, and, wow, well, I... I I I hit one of those points just now where I think, what the fuck is my tone of voice doing? I'm up and with this kind of cynical thing, and then I come back to the fact that, no, no, all all this is people dying. All of this is people, even if they don't die, having debilitating illness for ages, possibly forever. I think it's... I mean, it's how I cope, I think, quite frankly. I, 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 I vent my frustration in this kind of way uh, rather than sit here stewing uh, in fear. Does uh, fear come in a stew? I'm not quite sure. Anyway, here in Australia, here in Sydney, according to 7 News, the Watsons Bay Hotel was slammed with a hefty fine after they were found breaching uh, coronavirus safety rules. Their tweet said it was a trendy hotel, which I find quite amusing. The Watsons Bay Hotel uh, it is for people up the expensive end of town, but twen- trendy? Uh and the fine, a hefty fine. It was five thousand dollars on a Friday night, which which is back of the couch money for a pub that big. Uh, and uh, the story notes that patrons were standing and drinking, and the gaming machines uh, gaming machines weren't spaced out. So, you know, they would have made that money back in minutes. Of course, yes, as I said, Melbourne is is the place of concern at the moment. Uh, with this uh, stage four restrictions, more than quarter of a million workers in Melbourne uh, will be forced to stay at home. Uh, and uh, yeah, but was but was the lockdown at stage three enough? Not, but was it useful? Uh, on Tuesday's episode of uh, the ABC's Coronacast, uh, Dr Norman Swan tried to explain this using... Uh, Figures from the Burnett Institute.
7: And what they've shown, looking from the 1st of July on, is that at the beginning of July, the R0, the effective reproduction number, in other words, the number of people that you spread it to, for every 10 people, uh, they were spreading it to just over 17 people, 17 and a half people. That's a significant growth. Prior to that, in some of the hotspots in Melbourne, it was two. So every 10 people were spreading it to 20 people. So what's happened with the stage three restrictions and masks are on top, they don't actually know the effect of masks yet, is that now at the end of July or at the end of July, 10 people were passing it to just over 11 people. So that's quite a dramatic reduction that equates to 20,000 infections in the state of Victoria avoided in July. Wow. And perhaps three or four times as many deaths and people in hospital. So it's an extraordinary number and just shows you what happens when you divert from exponential growth. When you've got exponential growth, you go from very small numbers to very large numbers very quickly. And because that was almost a doubling, And now you've got a steady state or slight growth there, but you're static at that.
1: Which is fantastic work, Victoria. But, yeah, not quite enough. So stage four it is for six weeks, and we'll see how we go. Now, there'd be a great message there for Premier Andrews, right? Folks, you've already saved over 500 lives, and that's just the first-order effects or a phrase that's easier to understand. What I mean is the the however many thousand more cases uh, would have infected other people in turn, at least to some extent, and more lives would have been lost. So well done, Victoria. Of course, there continues to be cunts like Adam Creighton and Andrew Bolt and uh, Tim Wilson and Tim Smith who reckon these lives don't matter, not when they're inconveniencing them and interfering uh, with their lifestyle. Uh, Andrew Bolt, for example, said the other day, 40% of aged care residents die within nine months. Their average stay is just under three years. So Victoria's bans are essentially doing huge damage to essentially save aged care residents from dying a few months earlier. Yes, Andrew Bolt Reckons it's fine to take back. Pe- oh, you're going to die soon anyway. <laughs> Bolt to the head. <laughs> See what it did there? Adam Creighton, who claims to be economics uh, editor for The Australian, he tweeted. Shameful what's occurring in Victoria. Effective dictatorship declared. Devastating destructive power of the state on full display. Respect for the individual clearly irrelevant. What's the point in being alive if you can't live? Well, you big fucking asshole. Respect for the individual kind of would include not topping them when they just seem to be interfering with your lifestyle. I shouldn't read Adam Creighton. You shouldn't read Adam Creighton. But it's worth being aware that he has the ability to write in the alleged quality uh, broadsheet newspaper in Australia. And this stuff goes out unchallenged in that masthead. The... uh uh, uh, uh newsletter, The Banner Bright, which, uh, as you might imagine, is is all about labour rights, has pulled out a few previous uh, comments by Adam Creighton. Uh, back in uh, 2012, it was hats off to Joe Hockey for having the courage to point out Australia's welfare state needs to be dramatically curbed. I'm not sure that we're a welfare state. Uh he says, as Winston Churchill says, democracy may be the best form of government among known alternatives, but it probably it's probably not sustainable. Democracy is not sustainable. Democracies subsidize bad decisions. So Adam Creighton is against. Democracy. He also said uh, that if he were French, he would have voted for Marine Le Pen in the presidential election uh, then uh, to prevent the country being exposed to Islamist terrorism. So he's a fascist and a racist. Uh, and he said in 2012 again when you know there were calls for more evidence-based policy, but he said no. More ideology-based policy is what this country needs. Evidence is useless without underlying principles to guide what to do with it. Statistics are often crafted from poor data and reported tendentiously. What a grandiose cunt, tendentiously. How many of you know what tendentiously means? I don't. Tim Wilson MP, Freedom Boy, uh, graduate of the Institute of Public Affairs and and therefore suspect to begin with, uh, said on Sunday, or tweeted on Sunday, Curfew. This is what it has come to. Yeah, it has, because the fucking pandemic is serious, you stupid prick. Angus McInnes on the Twitters said, Well, Presumably, Timbo wants the opposite of curfew, which is, of course, fur Q. So I'm happy to oblige, says Angus. fur Timbo, furq, and the horse you rode in on. These thoughts uh, were summed up very well by Cathy Wilcox, uh, cartoonist. If you want to see the picture, uh, she's given permission for it to be directly on the podcast website, But a cartoon uh, in the Sydney Morning Herald today uh, has uh, a priest and a family standing in tears around a a grave, obviously. Someone's just been buried and uh, Cathy writes, If a fiscal conservative officiated at your gramps' funeral, and has the priest saying, Well, look, he was going to die sooner or later anyway. Better for us that he went sooner so we can all get back to business. The cartoon was uh, deemed a little harsh to run in the age in Melbourne. It only ran in the Sydney paper and uh, online. Meanwhile, and I'm going to stay a a few more minutes on COVID-19, right? It's kind of a, a thing now. Tinder users have a new bragging point. I have antibodies. Uh, apparently fish, uh, fa- fish and writer fashion writer Amelia Petrarca first noticed this trend uh, when she was browsing Tinder and Hinge, she says, and came across a young man who referred to himself as an antibody boy. And someone else had the ad, I have antibodies for COVID-19 but I'm still afraid of catching feelings. Uh... Fashion site The Cut wrote that ostensibly this means that you'd caught and recovered from COVID-19 and now you've tested positive for antibodies that should protect you from catching and or spreading the virus. It's reassuring sounding, sure, but the thing is antibodies do not necessarily confer immunity and their absence doesn't mean you never had COVID-19 either. Nonetheless, I Have Antibodies seems to have become for some a sort of playful way of saying I am looking for sex. I mean, why not just say it? In some good news, apparently the COVID-safe app works for some value of works. Here's some words from 7 News.
0: While the controversial and expensive COVID Safe app has been criticised as contact tra- as a contact tracing failure, New South Wales Health says it's helped them identify two cases linked to the Mount Pritchard venue. Another 544 contacts were also identified.
1: Identified. Seven News being a bit slack there on trimming their audio file. There have been a, a few more. Contacts identified using COVID safe in New South Wales. So that's good. Um, I, th- I think the spin is all still a bit um, bullshit, basically. I won't repeat all that here today. You've heard uh, me talk about that in the past. I've also written about it quite a bit for ZDNet and will continue to do so uh, and uh, I spent a few minutes talking about it in the latest episode of the Well May We Say podcast uh, episode 134 which came out uh, today, Tuesday uh, so follow the links in the podcast web page and, and go through to, uh, uh, to hear what I've got to say there so uh, Covid safe. Okay. Meanwhile, in the UK, uh, where there's you know various local lockdown rules happening, Joe Heenan uh, has suggested. Well, he's not suggested. He's he's telling us what they are. The new rules are: you can drink cider with a goth in a graveyard, but only on Cher's birthday. Space hoppers will now be the only transport. WhatsApps are illegal which is probably good because I don't know what a whatsit is anyway. Uh, You can dress a badger up as a Viking on Tuesdays and you must play the piano with your feet. Uh, Those restrictions are are obviously fierce. I don't know that everyone uh, will be able to stick to them. The Melbourne restrictions are fierce and and good luck everyone uh, sticking to them. Of course, for this... uh, uh, this resident of Brighton, it was all a bit tough, even a few weeks ago.
0: Well, you get sick of walking the same streets. I, you know, I've done, I've done all of Brighton.
1: Yeah, I bet you have, darling. Oh dear, the sense of privilege. Uh, she obviously has been satirised immensely, and in fact called out by uh, Victorian Premier Dan Andrews. Of course, the lockdowns are going to be uh, enforced, uh, as they're being enforced everywhere. But in Victoria, obviously, there's there's now quite a a fierce uh, law enforcement presence to uh, to keep them locked down, um, and the fines go up, and the police keep patrolling. And meanwhile, there there are long press conferences every day. Justin Warren on the Twitters predicted our future. The year is 2025. Everyone in Victoria is a cop. The economy consists entirely of the surviving three residents finding each other increasingly absurd amounts of money between press conferences. No one can remember why. <coughs> Elephant stamp time! <coughs> Elephant stamp time each episode of this podcast at least when i do it i award elephant stamps of approval for excellence in the category of thinking Uh, once more i have four i need to go through them very very quickly number one goes to the united states government i mean what for uh there's so many things But uh, in this case, to the uh, Department of Justice attorneys thereat saying that the 2020 census is nearly complete when in fact four out of 10 households nationwide have yet to be counted and the self-response rate is even lower in some parts of the US. Uh, That's according to Hansi Lo Wang, who's National Public Radio's national correspondent, reporting on the census. Well done, Department of Justice. Number two goes to the Minerals Council of Australia for this advert.
8: Gold is one of the most valuable metals on Earth. For thousands of years, we've been amazed by its remarkable qualities. Today, as we work to stay fit and healthy, and medical science continues to explore new ways to save our lives, it's gold nanoparticle cancer research that offers new hope for the future. So as technology transforms our precious metals, it's great to know that Australian gold will help us fight cancer. Find out more at minerals.org.au. There's more to Australian mining.
1: Yes, kids, mining cures cancer. Elephant stamp to the Minerals Council of Australia. Uh, Elephant stamp number three goes to Ramon Abbas, a Nigerian criminal who, through his own foolishness in flaunting his private jets and luxury cars on Instagram, uh, provided enough evidence uh, to pin him to his crimes. Uh, to his 2.5 million Instagram followers, this guy was Ray Hush Puppy with an eye, a man who boarded helicopters from his Dubai waterfront apartment. Uh, on Snapchat, he was billionaire Gucci master and would uh, say things on the socials like... Started out my day having sushi down at Nobu in Monte Carlo, Monaco, then decided to book a helicopter to have facials at the Christian Dior Spa in Paris, then ended my day having champagne in Gucci. Uh, he had photos uh, displaying his multiple models of Bentley, Ferrari, Mercedes and Rolls Royce cars with the hashtag All Mine. Uh, lots of photos of him with international sports stars and uh, other celebrities. Uh, And and then he posted a a birthday cake, uh, which, of course, allowed the FBI to match that date of birth uh, to his U.S. visa application. Uh, He had told followers he was a real estate developer, but uh, yeah, nah. According to the FBI, his extravagant lifestyle was financed through hacking schemes that stole millions of dollars from major companies in the United States and Europe. Turns out, as I say, he was a Nigerian national who lived at the Palazzo Versace uh, in Dubai and uh, allegedly led a global network uh, that uses business email compromise schemes and money laundering to steal hundreds of millions of dollars. So to uh, Ramon Abbas, elephant stamp for your security procedures there, mate. And finally, uh, number four goes to... Catherine Campbell who is Secretary of the Department of Social Services in Australia who responded thusly to this question in uh, a Senate committee this week or last week whenever it was.
0: So Senator I think what you mean by robo-debt is compliance per se is that what you mean? No by I robo-debt? think everybody pretty well understands what robo-debt is, the only term that we've used today that no one understands or is, is questioning is uh, what legal insufficiency, Yeah, you know, robo-debt's robo-debt, we know what that is, can you answer don't the question? Questions. It's
9: actually not a term of art, it's I not something understand. that's
0: used by the well, department, so maybe we could have a definition. So I, I'm sorry, Chair, right. I don't know what robo-debt means. Um, oh, that is an extraordinary admission
1: so at this point. Isn't it is extraordinary, context? totally extraordinary, that after, what, one year, two years of media coverage, using the term robo-debt, describing in detail uh, the Department of Social Services uh, campaigns to re- you know use automated calculations to uh, get money back from social welfare recipients... That she doesn't know what it's referring to and what it does and does not cover. Well done, Catherine Campbell, who is department secretary, earns $775,920 a year. How, how, you know, what a stupid fucking hill to die on, Ms. Campbell. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this podcast is chugging along quite nicely, don't you? We've just clocked the 40-minute mark. Plenty to go, and I know you'll love it, and I know for sure that you love it because you people, you lovely, generous listeners, support this podcast. So thank you, as always, uh, to everyone. But this episode in particular, it's thanks to Bob Ogden, again, who says, I hear that the US fatalities from COVID-19 every two days equals the loss from 9-11. Even if it's wrong, he says, it's horrific that you can believe it's true. And it's even more horrific like it is true. At least it was uh, at the peak. It was even more so, uh, up to nearly double that at one point. Comes back down. Uh, Thank you. Bob Ogden, also in Kath, also you DeVitt, who's taken out a subscription. God bless you, sir. Uh, Kimberly Heitman, who says, "Let a smile be your weapon of mass destruction." <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Carloska, thank you, Carloska. Peter Leverdink, again, who continues to be exceedingly generous. Thank you, Simon Harris, again, and Tim Holland, again. Thank you, who says this should cover a decent bottle of gin, and uh, it has. Uh, it's, it's quote, only, unquote, Tanqueray, but it's perfectly good for a school night gin. Thank you. Thank you all. If you'd like to join them, uh, you know what to do. And look, as I've said before, in the COVID times, I think we've all got a lot on our plate. Uh, so, you know, take care of your own first and the people in your community, but... Uh, i will say this has all come in incredibly handy over the last few months it's it's fantastic so thank you uh, if you would like to join these people go to stilgarion.com tip that's stilgarion.com slash tip and uh, do the needful Dear listener, it is time to go back down the rabbit hole of conspiracy theories. I probably need to make a little th- sting for this section, but yeah, when I get time, uh, there's quite a bit today because, as you may have noticed, that the whole the whole madness is 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 resurgent. According to Little Earth Angel K on the Twitters, the naked philanthropist she calls herself for example, another pandemic is going to hit in September and they're going to test everything out on big cities especially. The first pandemic was just a test run to see who would comply and who wouldn't. That tweet has since been deleted, but you can look up her stuff. Nathan Buckley, not the footballer, not that I knew there was a footballer called Nathan Buckley, but a lawyer of the same name who works uh, for G&B Lawyers, uh, is a Sydney firm, but uh, Nathan Buckley was telling Melburnians not to wear masks. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, his advice uh, was deleted from the Twitters uh, because B lawyers uh kind of went, No, this is this is all bullshit. Uh, this should not be legal advice. Uh, uh. <laughs> Nathan Buckley writes, it was the expression of my own personal political beliefs. As a citizen of Australia, I have an implied freedom of political communication, which is protected by the Constitution. My position remains that any law that attempts to mandate the wearing of a face mask in Australia is unlawful and in breach of the Constitution. This is my own political belief. It is not an expression of law or the provision of legal advice from GNB lawyers. Thank you for understanding. Uh, The next day, she'd be lawyers advertised a vacancy. Uh, But that didn't stop a message, uh, that message at least, turning up on uh, Pete Evans' feed on the uh, Book of Faces. Uh, You know, Pete Evans, he uh, used to be a celebrity chef, uh, but he's he's a bit loopy. Uh, He said... For people in Victoria, this was sent to me to share. I don't know the validity. But hey, who will share it anyway. Free legal advice to all Victorians. Don't wear a mask. Get a $200 fine. Then elect to have it determined in court. Every single one of you, 6.359 million Victorians, can challenge the fines in court. The Victorian government won't fight you in court. It is far too expensive for them to do so. Yeah, that's not legal advice, Pete Evans, even though you, oh, God, the man's a fuckwit. Uh, to counter that, and this I like, the Randazzo Legal Group, which has offices in the US in Las Vegas, Miami, Hartford, Connecticut and Gloucester, Massachusetts, I assume that is, M.A. Were you refused entry to a private business for not wearing a mask? Get a consultation now. Please be advised that we do not give free consultations. Our consultations cost $1,000. During this consultation, we will give you up to one hour advice on constitutional issues. While we do not give free legal advice, we can give you a preview of the consultation here on their website, which they do. This is the outline of their uh, consultation. 1. Introductions and explanations about our qualifications. 2. Addressing your specific concerns about your rights, masks and private property. 3. Conclusion and pleasantries about what you learned, sharing of additional knowledge. 4. Optional. Mocking you for being an idiot who doesn't want to listen to reason. Five, optional, arguing with you about whatever foolish source you think supports your position. Six, optional, mocking you more. Seven, optional, you get angry and explain to us that we do not know what we're talking about. Eight, optional, we lol at you. Nine, optional, you get even more angry and scream something about RICO and fringes on an American flag in a courtroom making it a maritime court. Uh, RICO, by the way, is the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organisations Act. Ten optional, we mock you some more and hang up. Or, they suggest, optional plan, wear a mask if the goddamn business owner asks you to. Obviously, um, during these corona times, a lot of people have tried to offer health advice Uh, And uh, Sexenheimer on the Twitters, Cam Smith, who, as you recall, I've been uh, using his tweets a bit. He uh, found a Tasmanian naturopath by the name of Christina Mathewson uh, discussing germ theory with a flat-earther, a sovereign citizen by the name of James Batalo. Uh, So you can imagine how good this is. Uh, they did ask, says uh, Sexenheimer, that this not be shared outside their Facebook group, but I did not consent to that contract. So here we go. So, can you tell us a bit more about the nature of a virus, what a virus actually is, and if it's contagious, if it's alive? Like- well,
0: from that point of view of it being alive. It doesn't classify as being alive. It doesn't have any of the same sort of criteria that we would give to something that's alive, like an aneba or a parasite or any of those types of things. It doesn't have any of those. It actually, from the function of a of a um, virus, its job is actually to help keep us clean, to help free us from the things that are are taking place in our body. So if we're looking at things like 5G, if we've got EMF radiation, it's going to help us clean and detox from that. The same as if we've got, you know, any type of thing like heavy metals that might have come from vaccinations or our dentistry or um, any of the other ways, like we might have been drinking water that's been contaminated or eating food from soil that's been grown in heavy metal-rich environments it's there to help us clean our system because if we think about it every cell of our body wants to live there are trillions of cells in our body and their goal is to live they're cheering you on but they need a clean space to do that and when we're looking at things um, like cancer for example we might have an overgrowth of <laughs> i'm trying to put this in a way it's not going to get me in trouble but You know, we might have lots of sugar. Our terrain there might be more available for cancer to grow. The purpose of that is actually to help keep us clean too. And if we really look at what's the purpose of the virus, how do we support ourselves? Like let's say we have a virus and we have the symptoms of a virus, That's just feedback from our body to tell us that we need more detoxification, we need to get rid of the things that are clogging up the system so our body can function properly. And so from my point of view, the way that I work with people is actually to look at what is the purpose of what's going on. So, you know, if you're showing symptoms of a virus, it's not that you are contagious and you have a virus that you can give to the rest of the community, it's that what is happening inside of your body needs some cleansing and some alignment brought into it. I hope that answers your question, James.
1: And I hope it answers your question, uh, dear listener. Uh, James Batolo also lists his beliefs uh, in the description of his Facebook Group. Vaccines are a weapon. There's no such thing as a good vaccine. 5G is a military weapon. Uh, the government in Australia and most other countries is a corporation. Uh, the government is run by Freemasons. All space agencies lie and fake space. The Earth is flatter at the very bare minimum. Definitely not what we've been told. Uh, secret societies. Those societies end up being satanic, Uh, I believe we can travel interdimensionally and are not our bodies but pure conscious energy. Uh, Most of history has been manipulated to suit an agenda, including the wars. Uh, We've all been born into slavery through the use of birth certificate fraud. Uh, Chemtrails are real. There is fluoride and poisons in the water. Most food is processed and poisoned. I have strong feelings entities such as demons and angels exist. Uh, Most mass shootings, 90% plus, and terrorist attacks, 9-11, are what we call false flags. We only get sick for two reasons... External and internal toxicity We can heal Ourselves Also in the news Eve Black, also known as Kundalini Dundee No really uh, Was arrested
0: Police have smashed in a car window to arrest Eve Black A coronavirus sceptic who posted A video of herself breaching a Melbourne Checkpoint. Here's a reminder of what she did I don't need to answer your questions No have I committed a crime? Pardon? Have I committed a crime? Morning,
7: Have I
0: committed a crime? No, you Thank you. Yeah. Well, they caught up with her yesterday. She's now been arrested. And for more, we are joined by legal expert Justin Quill in Melbourne. Justin, thanks for your time this morning. I mean, first up though, you are in lockdown. I assume you're doing the right thing. How do you feel about this woman's actions?
2: Uh, look, uh, it's it's.
5: Frustrating, I guess, is uh, and you know, given that I'm uh, on a uh, a live television show, I'll be uh, I'll be uh, careful with my my language. But frustrating uh, is an understatement, to be to be frank.
1: And according to uh, the ABC's Joe O'Brien, Victorian police say there's been a trend over the last week of small groups of people classifying themselves as sovereign citizens, and police having to smash car windows open three or four times. Uh, be- well probably on different occasions, because once you've smashed a car window, it's smashed, Uh, because these people wouldn't provide their names and addresses. Now, Paul Kidd on the Twitter reminded me, or reminded everyone, that it's easy to classify these folks as idiots or lunatics, but let's talk about the people who are peddling this fantasy online and profiting from the clicks it generates anyone who's been sucked into this soft sit freeman of the land gobbledygook to their detriment, is a victim and and look that's true and yes there are people who are pushing this pretty damn hard and we know behind the scenes that uh, certain nation state actors are, are kind of giving it a push along but it's a thing so take for example Uh, Someone, Mr. Sexenheimer, uh, describes as a TikTok neo-Nazi, Sherman Burgess, who says that, uh, yeah, microchipping your dog and uh, council amalgamations rather were just the beginning. So get this right. I'm in the work vehicle
9: heading up the mountains and I turn on the radio to 2GB and listen to Ray Hadley. And Ray Hadley begins to scream and yell about emails he has been getting and he started saying how people who believe in this new world order nonsense are brainwashed they're lunatics they're stupid and all these other things anyone who knows about the new world order or the coming of digital only currency the one world government all right wake up when they microchipped our pets, that was the test. Next, they're going to microchip humans with an RFID chip. When they amalgamated councils and made them all one, that was the step before amalgamating all the governments of the world and making them one. Open your eyes, do some research.
1: Why Why do these guys always not finish their... TikToks and other videos like cleanly, Why? Why do they press stop before they've finished talking? I don't know. It must be in their minds. Anyway, that's Sherman Burgess. He was actually kicked out of neo-Nazi Blair Cottrell's gang for being too out there. Imagine that. Well, finally in this segment, a General Flynn's top man in Australia, Simon Maskey. Uh, you'll remember him from last time. He has some news for you about the Queen and the importance of being on top of your vibrational frequencies. Ooh.
8: So with the likes of Bush Senior and Bush Junior, deny it all you want. Both of them are dead. Get that in you, right? Tip that in your faces, right? And spew it all back at the mirror. If you want to deny it somewhere, the Queen's dead as well, taken away, executed. All the videos you're going to see and all the videos that you've been seeing are pre-recorded in CGI, same as Obama, and Biden's a clone. So if you can't work all that out and we'll take all the information we've given you, right, and you still want to sit there laughing and going, ha, 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 all the rest of the rubbish, well, ha, 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 back at you dickheads. Honestly, wake up. We're here trying to help you. I'm not going to sit here spoon-feeding everything in everybody's mouth. It's the Trump train. Shooka, shooka 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 boom You don't want that one. That's how the information is delivered at the end of the day, right? So we're trying to avoid that. The Great Awakening is actually happening now, and later on, those that get rattled... By the change of the photons and the and the the Hertz raising, uh, the vibration raising of our Earth mother planet as well, you can call us freaky hippies and all the rest of the stuff. If you don't get your heads around it, you're not actually going to get your survival around it and the rest of your lives. So that's all I've got to say here today.
1: Before I go, uh, each episode I have been trying to throw in a glimmer of hope or two. Uh, So here's a couple of things to uh, leave us on perhaps a more positive note. First, uh, The Guardian has a coronavirus vaccine tracker, which they're updating regularly, uh, looking at how close we are to a vaccine. Uh, There's more than 140 teams of researchers around the world racing, as they say, to develop a safe and effective coronavirus vaccine Uh, When you look at the chart, a whole bunch of them are are making just incredible progress. Uh, And finally, Toby of Swindon, writing uh, to some newspaper or other, says, I'm sick and tired of ticking the I am not a robot box on internet sites. It should be changed to I am a robot so that only robots need to bother with it, saving humans valuable time. It's why we built the bloody things after all. And he's right. Thank you, Toby. Well, that's all the edict for now. Uh, if you'd like to continue supporting this wonderful podcast, you know what to do. Go to com slash chip. The next episode will be in around a week or two. Until then, I'm Stillgarian. Wash your hands. The
0: 9pm Edict is a Skank Media production. Sorry.
5: Have you noticed that more and more items in your local supermarket are beginning to have markings like these on them? Well, that's an internationally agreed code which can be read by a laser. And what it says is exactly what item of grocery this is. And that's a sign of the future. Because in the future your supermarket won't have a checkout like this where the girl has to punch up every item and its cost. In future that will all be done by laser. When every item on the supermarket shelves is given the new code, then this laser system will be able to do all the jobs at present done by light pencils and magnetic strips. The supermarket will have to provide the customer with clearer price labels on the shelves. Checkout should be much quicker for the customers. All the checkout girl has to do is pass the code label over the window and the laser underneath reads out the code and shows you again what you're paying for it. The management believes the new system will make their business more efficient. The equipment tells us exactly what we're selling and when we've sold it. This helps us to get the right goods on display at the right time and also to control pilferage. And what good does it do to the customer? Well, what the customer will see in the early stages is a much faster and very accurate checkout operation together with an itemized till receipt. Later on, as the Benefits of what I call the backroom efficiencies start to work through, she will see this in the quality of service and in price. Prices of the goods are fixed by a central computer, which tells the local computer in the store what to charge. And the customer can check her bill more easily because every item is printed out with its price.